Hello and welcome to another episode of the Talking City podcast. I am your host, Ash Barami, and I'm delighted to be joined by Simon Baikowski. Hello. And uh, a very weird setup today. We've got Rich Fay on the other side. I'll be guest on my own podcast. It's nice to hear your, your tones again. I feel like you're... You're wasted while I'm in charge, maybe. Yeah, I'm normally sitting to one side, just pretending I'm doing something. Doing but all the magic behind the keyboard. But really, I'm just sitting on my phone. Are you always delighted to have us? Yeah, or? I'm delighted to have you. Right, okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's all, yeah, always delight. I feel like you should use a different word each time, maybe. What word would you use? Uh, yeah, I was thinking we need to get a new intro. Um, it, it just change how you're feeling every week, you know? Concerned, optimistic. <laughs> I'm concerned. Uh, <laughs> it's like when you say, how are you doing? And you say, I'm fine. How are you? When deep down it hurts inside. Oh. That, was, that was deep. <laughs> I've seen that sort of stuff on Twitter so much. There's just one of these awful like quote things, quote from the Bebo days or Tumblr or something. It's like when people ask how you are and you say you're okay when you're really not. Yeah, mm. yeah. It's like a don't don't ask me. Yeah, don't ask me. <laughs> but that's what we're we delighted. It's an elaborate greeting, isn't it? Yeah. How are you? Okay. Yeah. You. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. And it's nothingness. It's being polite yeah. and saying it for the sake of it, but it gains you nothing. It's only a, it's, it's like clickbait almost. It's only a story if they say something different, but you've got to sell it sometimes, don't you, Simon? Sometimes you do, yeah. yeah. Have you ever thought of saying, no, I'm not? Have you ever said that? Yeah, once the, well, in a generic conversation? Have you ever said well, yeah, anything I, other than I have said it in certain situations, but, you know, you've got to know the person pretty well. Yeah, because yeah. I think okay. it invites them to have to ask, why, what's up? It's yeah. Like it is a cry for help. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Never done it in the workplace. Yeah. Not yet. Not in the workplace. That wasn't a cry for help, but... Sorry, that was a cry for help, but <laughs> I tell you what isn't a cry for help. City going top of the league in midweek, Si. It's, uh, it seemed like a very... Almost like a comfortable win of... A, almost like a title win inside. If you get what I mean, a 2-0 away from home. It wasn't fancy. It wasn't... Yeah. It was a bit more gritty. It was just... City turned up, got the points, and... It was one of those like classic narrative wins whereby, you know, you could almost like box off the cliches of everything that they they did well, but they, they genuinely did. Um, they didn't play that well going forward. Um, I think the decision to sort of put Gundogan and Bernardo and David Silva and Fernandinho in the same midfield didn't quite pay off so well. Didn't quite pay off as well as it did against Arsenal because against Arsenal Sterling was really good whereas against Everton Sane was really bad so um, you didn't have that sort of wing play that we're familiar with seeing from Guardiola teams but Bernardo was exceptional as he always is charging up and down getting involved and it it was just a, a very committed performance they did enough Everton had pressure but um, we were just saying before I think Everton had unexpected goals of 0.1 which for the the people listening which is um, basically if Everton kept playing like that they would have had to have played for 800 minutes basically to score a goal (laughs) with the quality of chances they produced so so City shut them out and Guardiola said afterwards like to concede no shots on target at Goodison Park is not normal I was going to ask you this downstairs, but I, I thought I'd save it. I'd save it for the podcast, just so people like me who don't know can find out. How do they work out expected goals? Is it some sort of maths equation where they take shots yeah, so times? Mm, yeah. I mean, Sai knows more about this because he enlightens me into the world of XG. Mm, I'm an XG convert. He is. Yeah, and so it, it's basically they will 
there will be like a if someone has a shot from the edge of the box say there will be at least a hundred examples of another player having that same shot from the edge of the box in past games what so they take previous games yeah yeah anyone's ever taken the shot in the same scenario as the player who just has and they sort of equate how often the player will hit the target or score from such an area and by that you sort of get a tractable figure out of one so say so say like somebody who takes if somebody scores from 40 yards like the chance chances of people having done that in the past are probably like I don't know four in a hundred so the the xg for that goal will be 0.04 whereas if someone takes it from the penalty spot chances of scoring are probably like 80 in 100 so that will be 0.8 but it could seem a bit flawed because it doesn't take context in the sit like in the consideration no. where it maybe it, it might be it might be like it could be an open goal or it could be a free kick from yeah. that position yeah yeah, yeah. it could also be your centre back taking a shot or your strikers taking a shot yeah and it, yeah. there's a difference between like Mo Salah taking a shot from 40 yards and any member of the Huddersfield team taking a shot from 40 yards it, it it doesn't factor in those, but it is quite a good general um, showing of sort of which team has created the better chances. So basically, if your goalkeeper has a, a worldie, then you're likely to have like conceded a lot of expected goals, but still win the game. It's a good way of showing who should win the game. It's sort of dominance in front of goals. Yeah. You create more chances on goals. So smashing grabs will be... Yeah, yeah. You get a sense one day with technology when the players land up to take a free kick, it'll be like almost like something on the screen where it's like percentage chance of it going yeah, in. Yeah, or... well, they have that in cricket and things like that. But it it's interesting because if you were there at Goodison on uh, Wednesday, you'll have felt like City were under a lot of pressure. Like Everton were pretty strong in the second half. City weren't that great. It didn't feel like at keeping the ball and keeping danger away. And yet, Edison had very little to do and that's reflected in the fact that um, the expected goal says that Everton didn't really have anything like enough chances to score a goal so as much as it felt like a difficult night for City they weren't actually under that much pressure sort of inside the box because the rest of the players were keeping the the danger away from there yeah and one thing Pep said I mean going back to it obviously on Everton and Pep after the game you just, you'd heard him say that we've never given up Rich that, it almost sounds like now City are top of the league it, do you think there's almost like a sense that City know now that they feel like the title might be in their hands I think so but it's also I think Pep would have conceded himself that if they've lost to Arsenal the weekend before then maybe they would have given up they maybe mentally would have fought so so I think obviously you can say those sort of things after you've just secured a bigger away win like that and you have returned to the top I think there's also just rhetoric to, to put more pressure maybe on Liverpool because City are in such an intense title fight that they weren't in last season of course they've got to believe that because they've got the experience I think they've got some fixtures coming up which although they'll get bigger teams and maybe more favourable Chelsea at home as we'll come on to later might not seem as daunting maybe hindsight will tell us on Monday if it was or not but um, yeah I think I don't, I don't think City ever did um, give up or feel that they were out of the title race I think they certainly doubted it because Liverpool looked like a machine you look at the, the results Liverpool had pre-Christmas it was similar to the way that City sort of started the season last year themselves so I think from their own point of view City can relate to the situation Liverpool were in 
maybe pre-Christmas and City last last before Christmas basically knew they had the title wrapped up so of course they want to think if Liverpool continue with their own momentum then City can't catch them up City need Liverpool to falter for them to, to take the, the title themselves yeah would you would you agree would you, would you agree that this Pep would think that the league's now in their hands based off them comments or do you still think he's, um, he's still a bit cautious, cautious I mean he's always he's always exercised caution and uh, speaking to him on Wednesday night he was sort of saying there's a long way to go and City are going to drop points still before the end of the season so will Liverpool like it's not going to be winning every game from now on so that there's more upsets and turns to come but he he has he's he's come across as more confident um, both pre-Everton and post-Everton um, he has been a lot more confident than he it's crazy because it's like nine ten days ago he was sitting in the press room after Newcastle where they just lost and it certainly felt like a big moment there um, and Liverpool have still only lost one one game so it, it's it is very exciting um, but you do feel like the momentum is with City at the minute going into going into the uh, the game and the Everton game while it looked problematic when it was scheduled in between Arsenal and Chelsea and Guardiola is still a bit frustrated at not having long to prepare for Chelsea the fact that they're now ahead of Liverpool um, does make a psychological difference as I said yeah and as you said there I mean it was almost like a week of three tests really wasn't it and City have come through the first two yeah Chelsea on the weekend which we'll, we'll come back to but there's, an also, there's also another game there's also another day in the calendar I mean I've looked at I mean the 24th of February you've got United and Liverpool in the league and obviously City have, it's a strange one because City are in a cup final and all the City fans will be focused on that but you almost get the sense that really they'll be looking at United Liverpool because that is their game in hand and there's so much at stake really for, for City from both sides in the league and the League Cup Well exactly that and like I say because City have beaten Everton now Liverpool can go top if they beat Bournemouth City return top if they beat Chelsea and then the next game will be that Liverpool United game when City are in the the cup final so Liverpool will potentially travel to Old Trafford not top of the league which puts extra extra importance on what is already a, a huge game it's worth pointing out that Liverpool could go into that game they could have I mean Liverpool played Bayern Munich next Tuesday United played PSG yeah so there's there's some massive games coming up as well for, actually I don't think Liverpool do put Bayern I think it's the Tuesday after is it I'm <sighs> Liverpool Bayern I think that's after Bournemouth I think that's this Tuesday I think it's Tuesday or Wednesday next Tuesday no they play Bournemouth Liverpool play Bournemouth Saturday and I think they'll play Bayern on the, either the Tuesday or Wednesday yeah exactly so I mean those two Champions League results could really determine the way that I know it's in the United podcast but the way that even Liverpool approach that game against United because yeah get the thumbs up from Saar that's what, <laughs> yeah. but that's what I mean United could be riding away if they could have just beaten PSG which I think they will do comfortably to be honest and, they, and Liverpool could go into the game after a gritty game against Bayern so it's going to be really interesting and I guess for City the fact that they aren't playing immediately after the, the Chelsea game should give them maybe a boost in that sense as well mm. but you ask any manager and they will always tell you they'd rather have the points on the board than the game in hand 
Yeah, it's a strange one, and I mean, I'm not just saying this because it's a City podcast, but you do get the sense with Liverpool where it, going into the run in the last five games, maybe you would think that they would need a five point lead to win the league. Whereas if it's neck and neck, you just think that City have the experience, they've been there, they've done it. Liverpool haven't, and it would that in itself would favour City. I mean, what would you think, Sam? I mean, you'd say that, um, but then of course when it was close earlier in the season it was City who blinked first and lost to Palace and and Leicester but City have got a lot more players in their squad who have um, have league winners medals and that is invaluable experience um, but sort of away from pressure and such intangible factors City have had a spell where they've had loads of injuries and they didn't cope that well and now Liverpool are in a spell where they've got a few injuries quite a few injuries sort of significant injuries and they're not showing signs of coping as well as as well as they could so I think it's more important for Liverpool to sort of get out of of that and you know with Bournemouth and Bayern and United it's as much kind of getting getting through with the players they've got and avoiding other problems as it is um you know the results because as a lot of people have said if they were to miss Van Dijk or Salah for a few weeks then that could make all the difference I've yeah <clears throat> sorry I think what Zai says I mean if you take the first 11s I think they're both similar sizes and everyone knows the strength and depth is with City it's an advantage to them obviously key injuries will will have that part I guess from a City point of view you've just got to look at it as Zai said that they've already had maybe that, that blip in the season they've already maybe overcome at City you'd like to think whereas Liverpool it depends how long this has gone that maybe continue for I think the I think I don't know going into the last five games I think the points obviously Liverpool would like to have an advantage but I think they'll be still as confident even if they're trailing in, in it because then the pressure goes on to City again whoever's leading the race is always going to have the more, the more pressure on them but I just think that maybe City the fact not only that City players have done it before but City fans have, have seen them secure a title in the last nine minutes you might like that last day of the season Anfield will be a bag of nerves if they're playing against Wolves and they've not yeah they've not secured is, is that who they are Wolves yeah, last day yeah. and you know yeah. what Wolves are like they can mm. play on the nerves, yeah they, so can, they can be such pests I can't think, they? in a way I think Liverpool are their own biggest enemy going into this title race I think City will just concentrate on what they're doing it's that boring rhetoric that fans maybe don't want to hear it's just we want to concentrate every game as it goes blah 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 but it, that's the truth and I think for Liverpool the fact that their fans are maybe starting to feel nervous and they'll say oh we're just enjoying the ride while we can because what any football supporter does say but I think Liverpool fans are quietly maybe putting more pressure on their team because although they're going to say we're just delighted that we've got a team competing again at top level they want that league title as much as possible and this might be the best chance they've got in the next five years to do so I've noticed a lot of people in the media I mean it seems there was the, I saw something on Sky Sports earlier and mentioned it's injuries affecting Liverpool not pressure where I mean, you look at the injuries they have had, and obviously they lost Arnold, they lost a couple of players, but City have had them problems. But it's even an injured Liverpool team is better than West Ham, though. Yeah, and yeah, and Leicester as well. Yeah, so, so would would you say it's would you say it's down to injuries or would you say it's down to pressure? Because pressure taken away from pressure seems like it's almost like a more valuable a valued yeah, excuse. Yeah, no, I I think it's important not to get like swept up in the whole pressure narrative perhaps because it's a bit easy to do so and injuries have been important but 
took the lead early against Leicester and didn't kick on, which everyone was expecting him to do, and didn't, you know, didn't capitalise on the things they were handed to on a plate at West Ham. And I I thought the I thought the post match reactions were sort of weirder for Liverpool than the, the performance itself. I mean Klopp was snapping left, right and centre at Mark Noble and the ref for Klopp to come out and start moaning about the referee after you've been gifted a goal and almost gifted another, just bizarre. But then you've got Andy Robertson saying, Oh, no one talks about City and pressure and he just kind of think I know, I know it. Keegan. I know it's frustrating. It's Keegan-esque. I, I know you've had it. To me, huh? Mourinho-esque to me. The way Liverpool reacted to that defeat accident, as if well, it's not our problem. No one that part, and we go to City. It's not our problem. Yeah. Because you're yeah. the team who've gone to West Ham away, been gifted two chances one game, and you've not done it. Yeah, I sounds mean, sounds like pressure. It, it's. Um, I'm sure City have come away from from defeats like that, but they've not said it publicly. And yeah, it it was. It was very strange. It's not something you're used to hearing. And as uh, Rich has said, yes, Liverpool have got issues, but they still have far more resources than West Ham. So they should be beating teams like West Ham. They should be beating teams like Leicester, just as City should have beaten Leicester. Because as much as you can, you can put it down to to injuries. Yes, they've not got as big a squad as City, but to suggest that they don't have a squad capable of winning the league is rubbish it makes you do think how but it's also just, I know there's a mass hysteria these days where if you lose a game you're bottlers or you're fraud yeah <laughs> you know, you're, yeah uh, big teams are always losing games that's gone on since that's just the nature of football but it's not as if every time a big team loses it's always oh they've slipped up rather than maybe a lesser team plays really well but I feel it's just I mean it is just mad isn't it the way that football just changed like that but as size said Liverpool's team is capable of winning the league but definitely and they're the team who've spent we talk about spending all the time I know it's maybe not what fans want but Liverpool are the team who are spending big they're the ones breaking the records so they can't then go out and say that maybe the world's against them and that's like the referees the, the reason they're not winning games because it is just maybe mental character and just something that City have or, or, or just an off day you've had yeah, an off night allowed an off day it yeah happens. you can't turn to work every day and expect to keep the same high standards it's a, yeah. it's a nice thing to believe but I know for a fact <laughs> into a trade secret I come to this <laughs> when I see some of the articles I've got to write am I level <laughs> and I don't then blame the referee or blame my company <laughs> I'll be careful what you say yeah, on this, Rich. Yeah, yeah, Be careful what you that, say. Yeah. There's people higher up listening yeah. in. <laughs> you'll, be, you'll, be, you'll be getting called into someone's office, maybe. It means they're listening. So, yeah, if you're higher up than me in, in the reach of PLC, feel free to <laughs> because it shows you're listening. We'll get our figures up as well. Yeah, That is impressive. We're going to go to a break now. And before we do, I'm going to give you, you two, and the people listening. <laughs> Well, literally, you you guys listening, a uh, quiz question. And it's not, I don't think this is a difficult one. I think if you don't get it, I might I even have general to... knowledge as well. I know, I know this is a football podcast, but one we had like a football and a general knowledge question. Oh. Yeah. And a random fact. Yeah, and a random fact. Yeah, I like to do that. Quite like a Sudoku as well. I'm not sure that would transform into a podcast. That, that, might, that might be a feature in coming weeks. Yeah. Yeah. No, we're having deeply yeah. low content. I'm just going to stress if you've got any questions, we will say this. Please send them in. You know our emails are out there in the domain. You know our Twitter names. 
please send in questions if you've got any. Right. <laughs> so getting moving on to this quiz question after Richard's rant. Um, who is City's top assistant in the Premier League this season? Uh, I'll give you a second to think about it. Richard's smiling. I don't know why. Um, Shaking his head. No, but there's someone I think it should be, but we'll come back after this break with your with your answers hello and welcome back to the talking city podcast before we left you we give you a little teaser quiz question which was who is city's top goal top assister in the league this season i'll start with you rich you're smiling so I'm you sound absolutely like absolutely baffled i mean it's difficult because do you want a hint do you want a hint no no i don't because right. i know at the start of the season benjamin mendy was on fire if he was fit it would have been him david silver doesn't actually play that often. I mean, if I was to guess, I'd probably say Raheem Sterling because he's the one who's always putting in those crosses in the final third. That's I'd go Raheem Sterling. So? I, would, I would guess at Leroy Sane. Do you want to know the answer? Love to know the It'd answer. It'd be a pretty bad feature if you didn't tell us. You're both right. <laughs> Oh, Sterling and Sane both joined top assisters, and they both play the same game, amount of games. Right, I think Sterling's came off. The, I think Sane's came off the bench more, but they both made twenty-three appearances in the league according to Premier League.com. Mm-hmm. Any questions on that? Nine assists each. Very joined nice. with Ryan Fraser, and just behind Eden Hazard with ten. Oh, excellent! So, well, that's fantastic. Both so, so, like we bonded there. It's not quite Kevin De Bruyne of last year, but. No, Some people would say that Sai and I are the Sterling and Sane of the... Yes. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Stu yeah. Brennan likes to be known as Aguero, but... He does. He calls no. himself the Chief. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and Nick, uh, Nicholas Odomendi is Ian Cheeseman. <laughs> so we have to call him Superman. Is, is it Superman? Superman. <laughs> <laughs> Not sure who you are, Ash, but we'll, we'll find... We'll, we'll, we'll find one for me, yeah. Yes. Find. Yeah. Arteta maybe mm. I want I want a playing role mm. maybe playing role yeah. yeah I'm trying to think I mean, makes brief appearances <laughs> potential <laughs> sit on the side sometimes could be the Stockport in Yester could be the Stockport in Yester I'll take it could be could have been a lot worse <laughs> but we'll, we'll wait and see um, we'll see but moving on we've got Chelsea on, su- on Sunday is it Sunday. Sunday it is yeah Sunday Super Sunday Sunday Super it is Sunday. an actual Super Sunday actually what's the other game it could be it might not don't be. matter no, who cares it doesn't matter that, that is the big one and it is City's third it's almost like the third part of the test in this seven days of big fixtures for them and Chelsea I mean you get a sense that City will be out for revenge after what happened earlier in the season absolutely certainly Guardiola will I mean as much as they love Sarri and he didn't mind losing to him and they weren't that bad when they played um, at Stamford Bridge they just didn't take the chances but you know there's nothing Guardiola loves more than sort of righting a wrong and I think Chelsea have beaten him more than any other team has in this whole coaching career so it will be you know under no illusion that Guardiola will be going all out to sort of complete this hat trick of, of games yeah Fitch do you, yeah. do you think? No, yeah, I think so as well. I mean, that defeat in was it December? December, yeah. yeah. That was just such an. I mean, it was sort of showed the both sides of both clubs there because that was City on an off day and they looked a bit complacent. It started really well for City, and you felt you know if they can get another here, maybe that's what City have done in in big games in the past. We said last season how they used to always strike really quickly and get two goals maybe in the space of five minutes or something, and that can just really change the whole momentum. But yeah, the way that Chelsea just 
just push them aside really. I mean it was, it was a game that City could have got something out of at the end I think that's something you've got to remember but yeah it's got, of course it's going to be fresh in the mind in terms of that and I think Pep versus Sarri as well as we always like these little battles in the war that, that are going on but I mean last season Pep said Sarri was in the top three managers in, in Europe which I guess by definition is probably in the world as well um, so I guess he's got a point to prove against him as well but uh, as as Sai said I mean it's, and I bring this analogy up every week I think on the podcast but it's the same with the FA Cup he's still sore from last year he wants to put that wrong to right this year and it's the same same with Chelsea and with Sarri because I think as well when Pep Guardiola looks at his own personal record he doesn't just look oh I've beaten Chelsea X amount of times he's not beaten Sarri's Chelsea and I think that's something that's important to him that he can maybe best a manager as well as, as a team it's funny because having lived through like Pep's first season at City, there are so many similarities to Sarri at Chelsea. Mm. I've heard like, that before. What, 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 well, I mean, you know, the, what's the key similarity? He's come into Chelsea, he's tried to impose his own philosophy. He's had an amazing start, and everyone says, Sarri ball is amazing. And then yeah. suddenly a few problems have hit, and everyone said, oh, Jorginho isn't really the answer to to his problems what's he doing playing Kante out of position what's he doing playing Hazard out of position Hazard's an amazing player why are you trying to improve him and you know just as Pep came to Aguero and said look you're really good but I need you to be better and we all said why is he trying to improve Sergio Aguero and then you look at Aguero two years on like, he's still there two years on as well oh yeah but you know three goals against Arsenal but also just charging about everywhere doing everything that Gabriel Jesus does that Jesus was brought to Manchester to spur Aguero on and you know Pep's system is you know now an excellent success but it took time and that's what Sarri's calling for now and so Guardiola will have so much sympathy with Sarri but at the same time he's got to be the guy that that beats him on Sunday and puts more pressure on I think a couple of differences though with Sarri and Pep was is Sarri is I mean he's publicly coming out and criticising the players and I, I don't I don't know if you could probably recall and if when Pep's first season did he ever publicly come out and maybe criticise his players in the well, way he, Sarri has he, he didn't um, I mean what, which criticisms come to mind like he said that Hazard isn't a leader. Yeah, he talked about the mentality but, of his team, didn't he? Was it? Yeah, it was something on the meant. I mean, lost I on a, quickly search. Lost a game. Was it after the Bournemouth game? Is that MMB said something along the lines that they maybe there was something lacking from this Chelsea team that you couldn't teach? Which, but I think as as he said that, I think there is that is a difference between Sarri and Pep. But I don't think that's maybe something that rules out that comparison. I think that's, yeah. they're just different managers, and that's the way you go about maybe getting more from your team subsequently. I think Pep probably is critical of his players but he does it in private whereas Sarri does it in, mo- in a more open environment but yeah I see them almost identical but I think it's also credit to the City board for sticking by Pep they caught them for such a long amount of time they were always going to but just I mean from a footballing point of view and a spectator someone who doesn't have an investment in the Premier League I hope the Chelsea board stick by Sarri because I think they could definitely become title challenges under him but just depends on the way that they maybe see the club going but yeah I think it, it would be absurd for Chelsea to get rid of Sarri really? Yeah. You know, I think there'll be pressure on with Com- City completely absurd but why have you appointed him? Yeah, and why That's are you the- appointing another manager and saying you've got one season to prove it because you're never going to get a manager fulfilling his potential if you're only giving him one season to, to do it and yeah. that's why Chelsea's whole the way the club's ran is, is so poorly because they're just having these snap short appointments which get you one year success but then the manager you know you get a manager who can come in and make an immediate impact but not make a legacy 
And that's what's been wrong with Chelsea for the last yeah. 10 years. But a, and all, and Appointing Sarri for one year or less is the equivalent of giving Mourinho a 10-year contract and giving him the keys to your academy. Like, it, it's just pointless. You've seen him build up this Napoli team over time. You've seen him build everywhere he's gone. Like, to suddenly say, oh, no, actually, we don't really like your We'll get Conte back in and then we'll win the league and then he'll leave again. Yeah. I think the problem was with Chelsea and there's nothing against Sarri. He's, he's obviously a great coach, but he's not, he doesn't seem like a Chelsea manager well, that's you know, good, in the that's sense that yeah. Chelsea managers, what's been wrong with them in the past. Yeah. Wrong. They've, they've won a lot of titles, but they've, not they've, had, they've a, had a lot of short-term success, yeah. but that short-term success has always been followed by a bust and everything's gone, gone wrong. So like we saw, we've seen with Mourinho and Sanchez, like if you try and sort of Mourinho signed Sanchez to get one over on City and it's had the effect of like ruining the United wage structure and Sanchez hasn't performed like City wanted Jorginho and Chelsea saw that they could get Sarri and Jorginho in the summer um, if they sort of paid a, a couple of extra million pounds so they've done that you would like to think that they've appointed Sarri and brought Jorginho in because they trust in Sarri's vision and I think he's shown more than enough this season to show that that can work but if you've just brought him in so you can sort of get one over on City then you deserve everything that blows up in your face yeah, what I mean, the thing is with Chelsea, is you don't know what you're going to expect. I mean, one week they're getting thumped no, exactly, by Bournemouth, yeah. the next week they're thumping Huddersfield five nil. That's another comparison to that City side of Pep's first season because there was times where you thought, God, this team's really good. They're, they're finally clicking, and yeah. then they go out and implode the next week. I mean, Ever- that Everton, was the Everton four, the Everton, City nil. Like, sonifies <laughs> it enough. But yeah, as you said, going to this weekend Sunday, um, I guess that's a difficulty for City as you don't know what which uh, Chelsea will turn up. Might might be the Chelsea who turned up the Etihad last season and who just conceded defeat from minute one and just said we've got to sit back and hope we're going to lose 1-0 now um, but it could be this, the Chelsea side who have had such impressive victories as well this season but it's going to be difficult to see um, but I still think City on their day are a better side than Chelsea I think they've got good individual talents Chelsea but at the moment I think if City turn up and play their game that they will win it and I wonder what the odds are on City making a chance of having a shot in the first minute it was <laughs> yeah. It was against Everton there was a chance early on very very early it makes you think that it's yeah um, a third minute or something like that yeah, yeah. it makes you think yeah. like it's almost it's, it must be like some sort of like tactical thing that Pep has in his just, mind because yeah. I saw it on that, that it was that a City documentary when he, he gave like a team talk and straight after, he had a, I think he might have had a go Sterling in it and straight after half time City go out and score I think yeah. Sterling yeah. scored so it yeah. makes you think well that happened at Huddersfield as well at half time when he gave him a rocket and then scored two in five minutes it's yeah. um it does have an impact. I think they'll be completely up for this game. Yeah. I think, you know, the games that you'll have to watch out for, City and their games. remaining games are sort of the, the ones yeah. that... I'm think, looking at yeah. like Palace away and things yeah, like that. I mean, where that was so difficult last season as well. Yeah. Like Edison last minute penalty save. But I also think while you're on that, that they get a lot of stick. But the City fans for the big games this season have been fantastic. Yeah. They've really sort of risen to Pep's challenge where he wanted it to be a fortress. He always said he wanted maybe to take it into the European games. We'll see how that, that maybe materialises. Not maybe the Schalke game, but if they were to get past that and to get into the latter stage of the Champions League. But City have really made the Etihad maybe more of a fortress. I know you're always going to get critical yeah. opposition fans who say oh blah 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 you know, it's an easy dig to have at City and they'll say what about the empty seats and all that nonsense but City I think have, have made 
home game is more of a more of an occasion really and I think that will play into their yeah. advantage this weekend it helps as well having a proper title race last year there was just an air predictability round of that everyone knew City yeah. turn up they're going to win well, you almost it, got by December right. you knew the league was done yeah well yeah. last season you almost got ungrateful as a City fan didn't you because mm-hmm. you thought oh we've won the league yeah, it was so. more a feast it was just like let's yeah. watch Kevin De Bruyne and you'd almost yeah. be disappointed if they didn't thrash a team five or six yeah. maybe, oh we only won two three <laughs> yeah. today yeah. but there's that real edge at the minute certainly for the Liverpool think, game was just yeah. amazing I think if they City to win this league the league this season as well it's just it's more of a more of a treat as well it's overcoming that and doing it last minute and as other side said it is more of a more of a spectacle and something that could be one of the most satisfying league title wins in City I mean I don't think anything I'll, I'll, personally I'll, top 2012 for City fans no but this pro- could be up there one of, one of the most for Pep as well won a lot of titles but he's never won one from coming from behind yeah that's so. a fair point any on Chelsea on that game team news we I think we spoke last week uh, with with Stu and Ian Cheeseman and you just mentioned that you think Superman <laughs> yeah <laughs> you thought that maybe um, it would be one off it would be Aguero one game and maybe Gabriel Jesus the week after but as we've seen against Everton and Arsenal you, it was Aguero for the last two Aguero on his recent form though I guess that's the point isn't it I mean, yeah. you could make a point of it and doing it and knowing Pep maybe he will drop Aguero just because that's the type of guy he is but yeah, City have been... The team's almost been picking itself. I mean, there's always got to be a few oddities because that's just the way that Pep operates and City's strength and depth is so good that quality players always need to miss out. I mean, I think the the bigger news is the fact that De Bruyne's still not starting games as regularly, but that's a compliment to, to the other players in the lineup. Um and you said that Sane was maybe underwhelming against Everton. <laughs> <laughs> that was a polite way of putting it. Yeah, <laughs> so you'd expect him to drop out, but it depends what Pep wants to do because we've not really seen Bernardo play out wide that much this season, which no. you could do to bring De Bruyne in for, for that game, particularly against Chelsea's midfield. You might want to put your, your strongest three central midfielders out, but then again, Bernardo will usher them out. He'll, he he can play to, anywhere. Yeah, he's guaranteed to play, I'd say. If there's one yeah. one player you can put on the team sheet, for me, outfield players, Bernardo all the way, but it depends if you want to play him out wide or, or in centre mid. Yeah. And Sai, would you, would you, would you, you'd expect Aguero to start again this Sunday? You would, this- yeah. I, I mean, I didn't expect him to start Everton and he wasn't amazing at Everton. Um, and then Jesus came on and scored the goal. So, Jesus, you know, knocking on the door, but you just think these big games, big, big experiences, you need you, you go to men and Aguero showed against Arsenal that that is still him. Yeah, plus, whenever you approach a big game, I think you've got to go in it with the mentality that we might get one chance to score today. Who do you want to be up front for that? Jesus or Aguero? Jesus is a great player. He does lots off the ball, brings wide players in. But if a ball falls to one of them in the box, it's Aguero all day long. Yeah. Plus you've got that almost like Argentina battle. You've got Aguero leading one side and you've got that Higuain the other. It's, I don't know what they're... Probably are friends, but you think yeah. they'd want, Maybe they'd want they to get call, one over the other. Maybe call each other up. Sort yeah. of Pep and Sarri and say, if I start Aguero, will you start Higuain? Just let the newspapers have a bit of colour. Yeah. yeah. Pep will probably um, say no and start but, that, anyway. but it's funny because at um, Sanford Bridge they both played with a false nine um, so and Chelsea's was more successful than City so it'll be interesting to see if if Sarri puts Hazard up there again or trusts Sinigwain to yeah. to play there there's many questions that will be answered this weekend mm. yeah and I think finally on that I think that the big team news is the Chelsea team news rather than the City team news because as we said there's so many sort of 
permutations that City can go with where you still think they're favourites to win. I guess it's just if there's a Sari masterclass that none of us have seen coming, which can can sort of come to fruition. Or, or a pet masterclass. Yeah. It was funny speaking to uh, Danilo did some interviews and so the players only got told the team for Arsenal an hour before the game and it went up on the board. And Old look, school, that, isn't And it? they're looking at it thinking like, Right. I wonder what effect okay. that gets. <laughs> um, I mean, but obviously they've, they've practiced and practiced and practiced in training. But you know, it's um, it's interesting that Guardiola still sort of kept them guessing and ke- keeps it fresh for them. I suppose. Yeah, that, that is that is one. And they only had an hour thing. to think about you know how on earth they were going to play together. Yeah. Didn't end badly, though, did it? So well, exactly, exactly. So, but that, but that's your point because you know it. The Chelsea team selection will be yeah big, but City, however it looks on paper, yeah. you can guarantee that it's gonna come together. I think for everyone watching besides the Liverpool, they'll be hoping for a, a Pep masterclass and not a Savvy <laughs> masterclass. That's for sure. Thank of course, you. Because Liverpool play first oh. this weekend, though, don't they? So yeah, so they that's do. true. Might not need a pet masterclass. It'd be advised to have. They one. will. They will. But you never know. <laughs> and especially talk about Chelsea being maybe flaky, but Bournemouth themselves. Yeah. You never know what could happen. I mean, this Chelsea side lost to Bournemouth four 0 so City fans could have a lot of reasons to smile. Come full time on Sunday, they could have a. Would it be a three point lead in the Premier League or two, four? It would be the head on goal difference. So a three point lead. It would be a three point lead, but with having played an extra game. Or a two-point lead if or a zero-point lead or be three-point lead. Or yeah. Mm. So I guess that's why it's so exciting, though. I know yeah. we've said it yeah. about eighty-four times in this podcast, <laughs> but there is a title race this season, yeah. and even though people have their opinions, no idea how it's going to end. <laughs> it's worth noting as well that City do have a quite a superior goal difference to Liverpool as well. If it does come down in goal difference, yeah, I think it's plus seven yeah, with an extra game played. So you'd expect City to come out on top if it goes down to goal difference. Yeah, we'll see this weekend. Thank you for joining me, guys. It was um... it was a delight. <laughs> Do you think you'll be doing this more often, Rich? You'll be sitting on across from me on the to, yeah, if, panel? We, if we have such severe staff shortages yeah. again, but injury, injury <laughs> crisis here yeah. at, at the well, MEN. Superman, when you need him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If I get drafted, I mean, when Ian Cheeseman's saying he's busy, that's when you know you're <laughs> scraping about. You'll, you'll see him in an hour. You can ask him what, yeah. he, what he's been yeah. doing. But yeah, no, a pleasure as always. And yeah. if the fans want us back, I should know that there's a press conference that I shall be attending with Ian Cheeseman in an hour not that I'm just yeah, you, you, need, you need to get not, off not that I just go around to his house for <laughs> yeah. tea and biscuits well, I, mean, I, I was hoping the listeners would have picked that up that's but. on a Sunday yeah. <laughs> yeah after the game that would be nice wouldn't it <laughs> the Ian Cheeseman debrief <laughs> <laughs> we'll remind him of that next week thank you guys. thank you everyone for joining us if you haven't already subscribe to us on Acast or Apple Podcasts and even on Spotify you'll get all the notifications of the podcast going live straight to your notifications Thank you for joining us and we'll see you next week.